Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This podcast. Fact check this podcast, and today's episode is going to be incredibly short <clears throat> because I am sick. Uh, I guess my natural immunity and from uh, with COVID has finally worn off. I got COVID back before it was cool to have COVID, and I literally have not been sick since then. Prior to today, also, just as a public service announcement, I strongly do not recommend having children. They are horrible. That is all. <clears throat> Jesus, this is terrible. So a buddy of mine, Magoo, who has been on the show before, and if you watch our morning show, he's a regular contributor to that. He's also been uh, on that show as well. We did last Tuesday's live stream with him and uh, Jose and Tyler Yankee. So a friend of the show, Magoo, had sent this little nugget. And it's a guy who's running for Senate in Nebraska. Almost positive it's Nebraska. If it's not Nebraska, it's some flyover state like that. I say flyover state like I don't live in one myself. But so anyway, this Dave Else for Congress, not Senate, Congress in Nebraska. And just looking at a couple of his posts, I decided, you know what, I need to destroy this dude as thoroughly as possible because most of what he's saying is completely nonsensical and he supposedly is a farmer but all of his uh ag related posts are about as ass backwards and retarded as a person could possibly get plus he's in nebraska so there's a good chance he he would lose running on a post but <clears throat> I wanted to uh, I wanted to pull up some of his retardation and just address it directly because there are there are average people who don't understand why literally everything this dude is saying is wrong. So we need to we need to take that take that down a notch or seventeen. So hopefully you can see this if I did it right. So I look at this first post right here. Weird how people argue with me that $3 corn was more money than $8 corn. I wonder what school taught folks that. And this is the this is a common th theme for a lot of his posts here. Is, uh, let's see if I can find a couple more. We'll go back to the Jesus one in a minute. It's amazing to me why any farmer would hate Biden who is handing them record profits. But, I, but stand with the one who bankrupted them. Uh, corn hit an all-time 
record high today. Good job, Biden, sign, signing uh, around 15, signing year around 15% ethanol helps lower gas prices too. None of that is fucking true. This, and half of his posts are just belligerent and so many, so many grammatical and spelling errors. I, like, I agree that I'm a dumb hillbilly and this dude, like, holy fuck. So anyway, we're going to, we're going to address the corn thing first because that's, that's the one that like the average person has absolutely no idea about. And, and we need to, we need to take care of it. All right. So yes, corn has hit record highs. It's up around $7. Great. Corn is about on the Chicago board of trade, which is what most farmers sell theirs on and what most grain elevators buy based off of uh, and what a lot of the world buys based off of. Um, Yes, corn is about double what it was last year. But, but there is a caveat that needs to be made because that doesn't, like, like this dumbass Dan saying that, uh, saying that it's amazing to me why any farmer would hate Biden who is handing them record profits. There's a fundamental misunderstanding of what the word profits means. Are you making more for your corn per bushel? Yes. But get this. So year over year, we're, we are projecting that corn is currently worth about, about one to one and a half times what it was last year. So it's currently in the sevens. Usually it runs in the three to four range. So we're saying it's <clears throat> at least double. 100 to 150% increase over price of last year. Currently, for fertilizer, it's a 300% increase year over year. Uh, nitrogen, which if you know anything about farming corn, which you should, nitrogen is a necessity. Nitrogen is 275% times what it was last year. Diesel is up 175%. Uh, Seed, the seed corn itself is up a little bit, but not exceptionally. Uh, typical year over year increase. Another issue that they're also that they are having is not just the markups, but also the lack of supply. So a lot of chemical, uh, a lot of chemical producer uh, distributors, they're concerned not about the cost, but about the fact that they're going to run out. That they don't have enough of any of this stuff that's needed. So if you have, if you got your crop in the ground, but you can't actually put the chemicals that you need on it, or if you are having to pay 300% year over year what you were for your fertilizers, and another 275% additional for your nitrogen, which for corn especially, like we're talking about corn here, for corn especially, that is absolutely an absolute necessity you don't grow corn without period I, I mean i've mentioned it in a show before that typically i'll move my corn patch around in my gardens that i do that way because year over year uh, corn is a huge nitrogen leach so if you don't have good nitrogen content in the soil the corn doesn't grow properly well dumbass that i am i forgot 
and didn't move my corn patch from the year before last year. So I planted corn in the exact same spot I did. I planted the year before uh, without putting any nitrogen or any supplements or anything in the, in the patch. Uh, all of the corn was about three foot tall and we got some little stunted baby corn ears. It was my fault entirely. Uh, I'm a dumbass. Corn or nitrogen is a absolute necessity for growing corn. And you're 275% higher on your nitrogen costs than what you were a year ago. Fertilizer is necessary for everything. You're 300% higher on that. Diesel is how you run all of your equipment. It's how you run your tractors, your trucks, everything. Diesel is a huge necessity for the farming. And it's up 175% over last year. So yeah, corn prices are doubled. Whoop do you fucking do? You're gonna go bankrupt just trying to put the crop in and get it back out. And and the really interesting thing, see, this is what's fucked up about this because the dude mentioned that farmers were going bankrupt under uh under Trump. Now see, you have to go back and look at farm policy and stuff, but back in 2005 was when Bush initially enacted the, the subsidies and the propping up of corn-based ethanol. Well, that drove the price of corn up to five, 550 a, a bushel. So at this point, you've got high corn prices. Well, number one, the thing to, that really needs to be addressed about this is that corn-based ethanol is about the least efficient and a least effective type of ethanol that could be that that you could ever produce. I, I think I've I know for a fact I've talked about it before on the show. These ethanol producers were being required to make certain uh, to hit certain thresholds or, or certain make certain uh, uh, production quotas for the government because there was going to be this you know big push for ethanol. Well, they couldn't make corn-based ethanol fast enough to keep up with what their quotas were, so they were importing sugarcane-based ethanol from South America for cheaper than what they could actually make, the corn-based ethanol here in the United States. But we're going to waste good corn supply to make fucking ethanol, which doesn't actually, in like, it's, it's not good for anything. It doesn't, it has been summarily proven that ethanol does not bring the price of corn, or the price, not the price of corn, but ethanol does not bring the price of gas down period at all because it's so inefficient to make it the way that they're expecting us to make, to make it and then on top of that it drives the price of uh when the price of corn goes up like that it also drives the price of food and everything else up nobody gives a shit about that apparently uh and so so the problem that we have the reason why you saw so many farmers going bankrupt and also around this time was when uh some of the some of the trading regulations and stuff got loosened. And so some of the, because of whose pocket gets padded by doing this, they took, they loosened some of these regulations on the board of trade and allowed big hedge funds and stuff to start getting involved in trading. So these are people that have no interest in, uh, no investment in buying, growing, selling actual physical commodities. They're, do, they're in it for speculative purposes and to try to make a buck because the commodity market can take huge shifts up and down from year to, or from day to day, from week to week, uh, especially depending on, you know, weather reports and crop reports and all kinds of other stuff. So, you know, it's an easy, easy opportunity for these big hedge funds to make a quick buck on, you know, 
hedging their bets and making the right making the right trades on the board of trade. So the hedge funds start getting involved in trading. The price of corn, not not so much because of the of the hedge funds. The funds stayed mostly out of corn uh, because there was so much government involvement with the ethanol thing. But they started really getting involved in in soybeans and especially in wheat. So it drove the price of wheat way up through the roof. At the same time, so so then because the price of wheat is driven through the roof, it's not none of it was supply based. It was all based on speculative. Uh, the hedge funds and speculators who are playing around in the markets and fucking with prices. Uh, so price of wheat goes through the roof. Every farmer on the planet can grow wheat, literally. I mean, you almost have to be a complete fucking retard not to be able to successfully grow wheat. So, so the price of wheat is spiking. Everybody's growing wheat uh, from the, like the elevator side of things, the people who actually receive the grain and then ship it and all of that stuff. Like, we don't fucking need your wheat. We don't want it. We've got three years worth of supplies that we can't get rid of because literally everybody in the world can grow wheat. At the same time, the U.S. government, year over year, is always buying Russian wheat and other Eastern European countries' wheat when we already have a fucking surplus. So U.S. government getting involved in all of this stuff is like... So anyway, all these prices are running way up. Well, as these prices are running up, all of these farmers are going out and buying more land and buying more equipment and buying more stuff, but they're not buying it with cash. They're taking out operating loans and they're using it. And because the prices are so high, all the banks are just like, yes, take all the money. Take it all. You're going to pay it back easily because look at how high the prices are. And then you finally get what was inevitably going to happen where the uh, all of the subsidies and stuff for ethanol expired because it needed to expire. It wasn't accomplishing fucking anything. Around the same time, you kind of have the trade war with China and everything else going on. So prices start to come back down because the market, because the global economy and the markets were getting so volatile that the, the, the speculators pulled out. They couldn't keep, as things are going up and down like that, they couldn't keep handing, or being handed those losses like they were. So, so they had to get out of it. And, and also because China and Trump had their little standoff, which it wasn't a bad thing. I mean, if anybody who like, all right, so I think I talked about this. Uh, maybe not. At the time that the whole the whole China Trump soybean trade war was going on, and beans came came back down to like eight dollars a bushel or something. Um, it was also and and there was all this talk about how the board of trade was coming way down, and how China was not taking any uh, not taking any imports from the U.S. This is also happening in like. July, when in anticipation of bean crop coming in, the Board of Trade always takes a huge dip. And at that time, there aren't huge reserves of beans that the U.S. is shipping to China. At that time, China is buying most of their beans from South America, specifically from Brazil, because Brazil produces year round. And that's that is the time of year. So like they were talking about how China was canceling all of these contracts. But if you looked at what the board was doing and you looked at the time of the year, like it all made sense. That's not something that's unusual. That's something that literally happens year over year uh, without fail. But because Trump was in this in the midst of this spat with China, it got propped up as this thing that it never that it wasn't actually. But anyway, a lot of this was a 
about a, the culmination of about 15 years of government sticking their fingers in the, in the pie and fucking stuff up. And the board was making corrections. Wheat came back down to what would be normal, normal, considered normal prices. Corn came back down to what should be considered normal prices. Beans were coming back down to what should be considered normal prices. The reason you had all these farmers going bankrupt at the time is because the U.S. government had spent the last 15 years just pushing this market to an inflated to an inflated level. And all of these farmers that went out and gotten big, uh, big farm loans and stuff to buy more land and buy more equipment. And then all of a sudden the price comes back down. Well, guess what doesn't happen when the price comes back down? Your bank doesn't say, oh, uh, the market took a turn. So we're going to adjust how much money you owe to reflect that. No, you still have to pay all of it. So now suddenly they can't make their payments. And it's all because of literally, it's because of 15 years of government influence and involvement in the markets that created this bubble to begin with. Like you can look at literally any industry in the US and if you see something where it bubbles up and then it bursts and a whole bunch of people get fucked, guess who was fucking with it and tinkering with it and had their fingers in it and messing it up for the last 15 to 20 years, the U S fucking government. So anyway, and that, that, like, that's where all of this, this guy is completely just totally wrong about literally everything he says. And, and I mean, that's without going into all the dumb shit with nonstop spelling errors and grammatical errors and everything else. Like if you're running for fucking Congress, maybe don't be a complete total fucking retard. And, and the last thing I'm going to hit on is he says when, uh, <clears throat> let's see, I want to make sure I read it right. Why, when Jesus healed, uh, helped heal the sick and feed the poor, it was Christianity. But when I want to do it, I'm a socialist. Let me tell you, dipshit, Dan, or whatever your goddamn name is. Uh, the reason it was not socialism when Jesus wanted to do it is because Jesus didn't take other people's money to go do it. Jesus did it on his own with what people contributed voluntarily. What you're proposing is stealing my money to go do the shit that you think is good. And then I don't have the money to do the things that I think are good. We all right down there? Everything under control? You've been having a rough morning. We good? All right. Then. So anyway, that's uh, what I say his name was, Dan Else. Yeah. Retard for Congress in uh, Nebraska. Please feel free to go over, find his YouTube, or not YouTube. Uh, I mean, if he has a YouTube channel, God help us all. Go find his, no, it's a, you're okay. Go find his Facebook page and just berate him up one side and down the other. I guess I got to wrap this up. Somebody thinks they need attention today. I don't know, you're a big attention whore. Why can't you just go play with Nadia and leave me alone? Shut up, Ginger. All right, all right, all right. I'm wrapping it up. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to check back tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, April 26th at 7.30 p.m., where I will be joined by James Gentleman, um, Jacob Winogard, and uh, Craig Schmott. We are going to talk about how completely exhausted we are and the benefits of rest and uh, what is it? Downstate. Yes, downstate. I've been, uh, been messing with some downstate a little bit. It's actually a beneficial thing so tune in tomorrow night for that and i uh, hope everybody has a great rest of your day a great rest of your week see ya